0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
2: Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild off season. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at howtons. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football.
0: Happy Friday, Dolphin fans. Welcome into a better late than ever episode of Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. We are back. I am back after being Han Solo with three kids for the better part of a week. And I cannot be more happy to talk about everything surrounding your Miami Dolphins. But before we get into all that, let me welcome in my co-host, the one, the only Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake?
1: Josh,
2: we are finally reaching a little break, whether it's a holiday, whether it's school vacation, man, it's becoming spring, right? That's what we've all been waiting for outside of Dolphin season. Before we get into the stuff, man, I got to ask, how's the house holding up?
0: No, I'm barely. I guess that's the best way to put it. Barely. I mean, I I did go with two, I think, but now with three, it's a whole different monster. But i managed to get through, what, three or four days. So I'm still in one piece. So it's it's
2: going. In a corbel battle form, it's like juggling, right? With two balls, you're like, exactly. all right, yeah, this is this is so easy. What's happening here? You throw that third one in and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> How do when, people think like this? And you throw that
0: third ball in there that just wants the mom's boob the whole time. Yeah, it's, just, it's a complete game changer. Curving
2: off another direction. <laughs> Josh, it's actually been kind of a busy week um the Dolphins made some signings they had some visits and uh Tua did a little bit of a media tour I can't wait to talk about I, d- I don't know what happened there I I assume his invite to the slider must have just got lost in the mail because that's what people still use these days right that, that had to be the, ha- the
0: case yeah he sent that thing snail mail or something <laughs> but but in all seriousness <laughs> Jake did you see that I think a ticket ran like 625 for an individual so when you think about it going to a charity and and helping the boys and girls foundation plus you know being able to mingle with some of those players i mean i don't know man i i wrote down i probably would have spent 600 some dollars to go to that luau i don't know about you
2: oh god dude you you would have I, knowing that man cave you have set up there man you would have gone all out you would have paid the price to be standing next to Mike McDaniel while well, he smashed that truck.
0: Hey, you know how bad that sounds after talking about having three kids I'm like yeah you know what I'm just gonna waste $700 to go hang out in a luau with some players that won't remember me <laughs> that sounds like no, great parenting
2: would. I promise you, you no know, we, uh, we should do that for Halloween can we like we don't have to cut your hair but can we like put it up so you can kind of get like a Mike McDaniel look going yeah. I think we might be on.
0: To something I, like I don't know, man. My forehead's out of control. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is some uh, sight to see, but dude, I think we are spiraling way out of control <laughs> here. And that's, that's actually a good thing with how these, this last week has gone. But Jake, there has been a pretty big signing, you know, I, I would say big, but it is just a punter, but the dolphins finally, you know, locked down a punter. we know Michael Polardi wasn't under contract. We know they let Matt hot go to Buffalo a year or two ago. Dolphins signed 36-year-old punter Thomas Morstead to a one-year deal. He spent 12 seasons with the New Orleans Saints, and then last year in 2021 with the Jets and Falcons, had won a Super Bowl with the Saints, and is a second-team All-Pro and Pro Bowl nomination in 2012. So again, he's one of the best punters in football. It allows the Dolphins some flexibility heading into the draft. What were your thoughts when you heard the Dolphins lock down Thomas Morstead to only a one-year deal?
2: You kind of just hit it for me. You you say that, hey, he's one of the best punters in the league, but why on earth has he, you know, played with three teams in, in a little over a year? Uh, well, the Saints, their their cap situation, right? I mean. We kind of everyone in the league kind of panics about is the salary cap real? Is the salary cap fake? And in reality, it's a little bit in the middle because you have a team like the Saints who had to cut their elite punter because of their cap situation before the 2021 season, and then the Jets let more said go after their punter came back. So it's not necessarily that he's been someone trying to find a new home. It's just that he's kind of been that hired gun over the last season or go. Uh, I, you mentioned Matt Hawk, and uh, I was a little surprised, man. He was actually worse around the same playing field as Pilardi was last year in terms of punting. I know a lot of fans really loved him. I mean, the the touchdowns, the excitement, the energy, but, but it was kind of interesting to see him kind of come back down to earth. I wonder if uh, him and Jason Sanders was just kind of like that wonder twins duo that they needed each other uh, to really get going. Josh, you know, punter stats we're always big punter stat guys. I'm just going to run through them really quick. Averaged 46 yards per kick last year. Uh, that's two yards more than, than Michael Polarity. Uh 11 down inside the 20, where 31 was down inside the 20 for Pilardi. Josh, I think we kind of knew that going into last season that Pilardi is going to give up some of that strength, that accuracy to try to get those coffin corners and let the defense kind of go from there. Um, and I do want to ask, do you think that sacrifice was worth it looking back? Because I think a lot of people were relieved to see Pilardi go. Uh, but in that spur of the moment Twitter, I mean, he injected a lot of energy not only into that team, but but into Twitter with some of those strong kicks landing inside of the 20 that he did have.
0: Yeah, man, I I hate that we're talking about punters like this. It's so hard to make (laughs) them sound sexy, right? I mean, you're sitting there running down the stats I had, and I was falling asleep, and I mean, I wrote those. I mean, I joked that I wish I had a stop clock so I could sit there. You remember the old hang time every time there was a punt? A little number would jump up on the side. They got rid of that, didn't they? Like, I don't feel like we see that nearly as much. But, um, Jake, I do think you're right with the whole Michael Polardi thing. Maybe, you know, maybe that is why Jason Sanders struggled a little bit. Maybe his holding had something to do with that. Maybe Morstead, you know, can add a different element there. But I think last season I thought, you know, looking on paper, I guess that Michael Polardi may have been an upgrade over Matt Hawk. That might've been me just trying to talk myself into the signing. I like this one again. I think, you know, a lot of us were looking at that uh, pick one Oh two, maybe targeting, you know, San Diego state's punter, Legatron. This gives again, gives them more flexibility. So, um, I don't know how long Morstead's going to be here. I had joked that he probably came to Miami because he wanted to retire because he knows the Dolphins are never going to punt the football. <laughs> so, um, again, an upgrade. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I just don't know how exciting you can get for a punter, but I say that. And did you see him there like pumping iron, man? He looked like I posted that meme of SpongeBob. And to see a punter like he looking jacked, I mean, that was definitely a different sight to see than what we're used to.
2: The Dolphins also added some death on the defensive line here. Uh, your boy with one of a year, probably one of my favorite nicknames that you have came up with is John Jenkins. Jingleheimer Schmidt is back with the Dolphins. (laughs) He played with the team in 2019, 2022. Gosh, he's only 32 years old, but man, I kind of think back to the late 20 like 2008 through 2013 Miami Dolphins, where it was like Kendall Langford, Randy Starks, that defensive line was good, but they were never, never healthy. John Jenkins kind of fits into that role where he's a little bit on the older side, but man, he's behind, you know, the Christian Wilkins, the Zach Sealers, the Manuel Arpa. I mean, I saw in 2019 when this team wasn't that good. He was one of those players that that really stood out, that actually could make an impact. And, I, you know, I don't think he's going to come out here and, and play every game or play every snap. He only played in seven games last season. But I think this is like a depth solidifying the four of your defensive line. I mean, I think it's an ideal signing. And this is the Homer Dolphin fans. Yeah, man, backup defensive tackle, showing you how it's done
0: yeah go Dolphins right I mean that's <laughs> it, but I, I mean this these are the signings that allow the Dolphins that flexibility yeah. again in the draft and I just have to wonder man he he was here from 2019 2021 I mean you know maybe this is a guy that Josh Boyer was real fond of and you know Brian Floor's like man cut cut wait we're gonna go in a different direction and maybe they're circling mm-hmm. back I mean it is definitely telling the way they're approaching this defense and kind of saying you know the defense is ready man it's in place we must fill in these depth pieces. Obviously they got, you know, needs at linebacker, some other needs there on defense, but they're running it back with this man. So uh, I have no issue with John Jenkins, Jingleheimer Schmidt being locked down. It only had 16 tackles last year. Again, a great depth signing the dolphins though. They were working out two players. I don't have the one down here that got me excited. Uh, Originally the first one was Ruben Foster. I don't know how you feel about him, Jake, but you know, a young linebacker can play in the middle was one of the top linebackers in the country, you know, people were calling him a once in a generation type prospect at one point, uh, you know, didn't work out in San Francisco. But the Dolphins, you know, they could bring him in here. They have that need. That's a player that I think they could have interest in. That's a player that I think could help the Dolphins, again, you know, head into the draft with other needs. But then they also worked out Melvin Ingram, man. And this guy um, is a player that Dolphin fans have had in their heart for a long time. He's 33 Mm -hmm. years old, 15 games last year with two sacks. What are your thoughts on either Melvin Ingram or Ruben Foster? One player, you know, playing defensive end, add in depth there. The other one could be, honestly, a starting middle
2: linebacker if he can get everything together. Let's start with the guy that wears gloves. I don't know why, but we're going to go with um, Reuben Foster first. And I look at what uh, Landon Roberts was saying last year, or X. Ex- I think it was like last week uh, where he was talking about how all last offseason it was about, you know, recovering. He suffered that brutal, brutal injury late in the year. And we were both kind of surprised about how quickly he came back. But, you know, we learned that that's because all he was doing was focusing on recovering and getting back to full strength. And this offseason, you know, he wanted to return to Miami because he developed into one of those leaders on the team this season. Offseason, he can focus strictly on the unit itself, being the defense and the group as a whole as a leader, as a middle linebacker. So adding some like Foster, I don't know if it necessarily be a plug and play but knowing understanding his issues in the past i see it as a the low risk high reward depth signings i mean the dolphins have taken those risks isaiah wilson uh mark walton i'm not saying these things worked out they're actually the exact opposite of working out uh but i mean it, it's worth the shot right to, to kind of see the talent see the opportunity and hope something happens and to have someone like len roberts uh, above him on the depth chart can only help i think that'd be a really special fit and uh josh melvin ingram I see, man, the late, late season Cam Rake will Cam Wake roll. say that five times fast, uh, maybe even what he was when the Titans. I remember Titan fans going bananas after he went there in the Ryan Tannehill deal, I believe, or as a free agent. I can't completely remember. And he had two games early in the season where he was absolutely bananas. But then after that, he he really dropped off a cliff. And that's kind of what I think Melvin Ingram would be maybe a a little more sustained with how good that Dolphins defense is. Come in, you know, maybe play 20 to 30% of the snaps and just kind of chase the quarterback around. That's kind of how I see that uh, uh, really playing out.
0: I like the way you're thinking, Jake. I do have to mention with Ruben Foster has not played since the 2018 season, only combined for 101 tackles throughout his career. So had some time with the commanders. I think that injury pretty much, you know, derailed him for, a, you know, the better part of what the last three seasons. So um, mm-hmm. again, a player that has a lot of potential, still young, only 28 years old. So uh, we'll see, maybe there's a fit there. Ask for uh, Melvin Ingram, you mentioned can't Wake. I mean, I think everyone is immediately started showing those uh, clips of him versus Buffalo because I think that's when he probably played some of his best games. So, again, to think about the depth, you know, the leadership, the veteran leadership that a Melvin Ingram could bring to a room with, you know, Andrew Van Kinkle, Jalen Phillips, some of these other guys. I mean, you would love what that does to that depth. So I'm not against it. But again, I think it all comes down to the money and you don't know how much of this they're still monitoring because Barry Jackson did say they're still looking at, you know, still thinking things through with Ruben Foster. They could bring these guys in, you know, just get an idea of who they have it as, as a veteran player there and then what they might see in the draft and kind of compare those things. So That's um, point, it's yeah. definitely telling that they're looking at some depth on both sides and did they, um, uh,
2: sorry, did they, they talk to M- Melvin Ingram off season too, right? They brought him in and, and then it was money why he didn't sign am i remembering that correctly yep,
0: yep you're remembering that correct i think he was, was he with the steelers and got traded the chiefs or was he with the chiefs and got tra- one way i think he signed with the steelers and got traded the chiefs either way yes yeah. he was a guy got the dolphins brought in last season so um i don't know man again two players that you know the names are there again Ruben foster the sky was honestly the limit for him but uh we'll see how that all comes together
1: this is advertiser content brought to you by frito lay
0: hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament Just go to frito lay No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chess. See official rules at frito lay
2: Josh, so we kind of spoke about this last week the fact that uh, we were going to get some cool quotes, right? Everyone being in camp, kind of hanging out together, meeting with the media. And I think I figured out Austin Jackson's nickname and it's group because every time this guy talks, he goes, I am a tackle and all I can think is I am Groot because <laughs> Austin Jackson tells us nothing other than he believes he is a tackle. So I'd love to get your thoughts. Austin, Groot, Jackson moving forward. What are your thoughts?
0: Sign me up. The, the closest thing we have to Groot on this roster I kept <laughs> saying, it was, it was to his tree trunk legs. So I'm fine with calling Austin Jackson. I do think, you know, man, I can't remember going back to some of his previous interviews, but dude, Austin Jackson seemed confident as a af and you, like you said he mentioned time and time again he was a tackle even corrected everyone saying you know of course i played right tackle i even played right tackle collegially so <laughs> he says he's a tackle says he's comfortable at guard again battling camp so uh, i'm fine calling him group man i as long as he can go out there and perform like group right i mean is he not you know if, if austin jackson go out there and take over that right tackle spot i mean and be a legit right tackle i mean this dolphins offensive line man I'm getting goosebumps thinking that. So we'll call him Groot. Were there any other noticeable quotes that stuck out from the press conferences? I had written down originally. I think the Emmanuel Agba and some Xavier Howard quotes, but that was literally right before um, these recent pressers. So, is there anything else you want to discuss before we jump into those two?
2: Uh, the Jacksons talking about always being a tackle. Landon Roberts. I mean, th- those were the two that really stood out to me. I wasn't sure if there's anything else that really uh, popped up to you the other guy that talked was tight end Mike is
0: sick. And I know a lot of people wanted to talk to him about the franchise tag. I mean, he was asked time and time again about, you know, would you dispute it? Are you a wide receiver? And he said, um, he did say, I don't think anyone across the league would be mad about a situation where you come in and come back and obviously get an increase in financial. But it's definitely not the end goal. It's definitely more of a team friendly deal. He went on to say he's going to continue to put in the work eventually and he hopes to get the contract he deserves. Again, Jake, this is a guy who um, wants to negotiate long term with the Dolphins. Sounds like he wants to be here. But uh, again, it all comes back to Dolphins. But he did say he will not fight that. He doesn't want to be a bad locker room guy or the guy bringing the organization down. I just want to help this team any way I can. I joke around with Durham. I'm the most tenured on offense. I beat him by 17 hours. So um, he also (laughs) was stoked about John Embry and, uh, you know, the potential there. So uh, those were some quotes I had to throw out there.
2: Yeah, Durham Smythe signed a two-year, $8 million contract with the Dolphins this offseason. I don't think it's a surprise that uh, they wanted to bring this tight end room back. They're a year removed from you know, setting a bunch of franchise records. And it's interesting, man, how you can have people on the same team, whether it's Xavier Howard saying one thing to Mike Gusecki saying the exact opposite. Um, I know Howard's a little more established, but I mean, I hope it pays off for Gusecki because he's taking the positive PR route. Um, He could ruffle some feathers and I think it doesn't change anything. Like you could take either path and they both wind up to the same way of playing on opening day. Um, And I would like them to resign him. Uh, but Josh, you do have to wonder, I mean, him playing on a one-year deal you could already see his muscles are ready to, to impress
0: dude he is jacked I mean I I, I was sitting there doing that again this the the interviews while the kids were running around you know causing mischief and I'm completely missed that This dude's starting to look like Popeye the Sailor Man, so um, <laughs> sign me up for that, Jake. We mentioned all these quotes, but I think the one thing that, you know, has been a consistent with all these players is that it just feels like a new and happy environment. X said, and I have a quote, I felt like everything has been different since he got here. The energy, everybody is happy, and I feel like things could be special here. With Mike McDaniel bringing that energy, hopefully he'll get the offense up to par and the standard that we expect from both sides of the ball and get the job done here. So um, I can let you throw out the Agba quote if you want them, but again, just every player that spoke with the media spoke about mike mcdaniel is just completely raving about the type of you know players coach he is a guy that's completely relatable and again a guy they're ready to go to war for so i, I don't know that you'd expect i mean you're going to be the guy that immediately says i don't think any of these guys are going to say i hate the head coach after being <laughs> right i mean I, I sit there saying that and i'm like wait a second that's exactly what jake's going to say but, um it's definitely a breath of fresh air when you had you know big bad brian flores uh, basically telling everyone to get get out of his office let him work him
2: by himself uh, yeah, man, I, I, I do want to add the Ogbook quote before we talk about this for a second, where he said it, it seems like it's more fun. Honestly, everybody is just excited to be back. We haven't really gotten out there except for the workouts and stuff. Everybody is really excited, the whole locker room, really, to build off last season because we finished strong. Josh, the thing about that, I do want to ask, I mean, maybe having a fun and happy locker room doesn't mean you reach 0-7, but for some reason, I don't know why, I don't know if a happy and fun locker room turns the season around like the Dolphins did last year? Am I just kind of making shit out of the air? Or or I, got, I guess I kind of feel like they're going to be more locked in. They're going to be more walking a straight line, but there's going to be less of that bounce back, that less, you know, fighting for your jobs if things go really bad. Again, I have nothing to back this up. I guess that's just kind of what I'm trying to get at, I guess, is, what would you think the major difference between a fun locker room and an intense locker room would be because in reality man they can both be successful and you're both just focused on winning gates
0: yeah man that's a great point and a good question because i'm not really sure i mean when you look at what brian flores did i mean wasn't this team playing the best after that you know long losing streak so there's no way that locker room was fun at that point right so yeah um i I guess you're right i think you know just I think when you have a guy like Brian Flores, you know, a complete polar opposite coach, it seems. And bringing in Mike McDaniel, I mean, if one way didn't work, why not go ahead and go with this? So um, I'm sitting here hoping it works out, praying. Uh, a couple other quick notes: X said he has to work on his hamstring. Iron sharpens iron because you know he'll be competing every day with Jalen Waddle as he did last year. But now Tyree Kill both mentioned they continue to build something special here, and Miami's offense is ready to take the next step under Mike McDaniel. So um, again, not too much out of these press conferences, but. Everything you wanted to hear, I guess, from, you know, Xavier Howard, Emmanuel Agba and some of these other guys. I have to we have to talk about it, Jake. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. It's pretty much been diffused by now. But this Ben Volan, PFF, Tom Brady, Sean Payton rumor, please give me your thoughts on this. I mean, he's saying that I guess the Dolphins had this master plan in mind. You know, Tom Brady was going to retire, take over an ownership role in the Dolphins, unretire, play for the Dolphins. Sean Payton was going to come to town.
2: Ain't no way in hell any of that was going to happen. Jake, talk me through it. Dude, I, I'm on the complete opposite. I 100% think it was going to happen. I'm full foil hat on this one. It just sounds so crazy to not believe it. Um, too much smoke has been around Brady and the Dolphins for a very, very long time. Uh, the opportunity to get some ownership in the team, I think, is incredibly appealing. And I think, man, when you look at him, when he was going to Tampa, I think everybody was kind of mentioning, like, hey, the Dolphins, hey, the Dolphins. And you think back, there was a specific quote from Tom Brady that said, you're picking that guy over me. And I bet there was some swears in there as well. Dude, I promise you that was for us picking Ryan Fitzpatrick over Tom Brady. I guarantee it. Now, regrets. Now, am I going to sit here and be like, man, it would have been so nice to have Brady. Um, Absolutely not. But I guess the key here is, man, I think one thing and and why everyone has always been for Ross to sell the team, and I've been on the opposite end, is because this guy is willing to finally, not finally, he's kind of always done it, spend all the money, right? He doesn't mind how much dead cap there is his facilities man I don't know if you've ever been to those facilities in Miami absolutely beautiful um and this just kind of sticks with that point I mean it works it doesn't work it doesn't matter as much as it is to see Stephen Ross kind of get sick of being that lapping stock to kind of go out there and try these uh crazy crazy methods in order to make the team work because if you go back and you read a lot of stories about the nfl man that's how it happens you know it's not the walking down the path like hey you know we traded our quarterback we're going to rebuild and become a successful team i mean you got to do some crazy things i mean you destiny favors the bold or some shit like that man it just seems like more believable than not to me what about yourself
0: yeah, I mean, the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, and you're talking about everything Stephen Ross has done, you know, you think about Bruce Arians retiring and now you know Tom Brady comes back. I do think there has to be a little bit of truth to this. I mean, I think we all kind of saw the Dolphins waiting in that coaching search waiting for something to happen. We all got you know our ears perked up when Sean Payton was retiring that maybe he was going to become available. I don't know how much this is true, but we know the Dolphins had interest in Tom Brady one way or the other. You'd be stupid not to have interest in Sean Payton. So I guess I'll go back and say, you know, maybe there's is some truth to this, but I don't believe Ben Boland. I don't believe uh, what, what's his name? Who's the Mike Flory? I don't believe him either. So um, I, I don't know, man. I'm saying all that, but there is some truth to this. And you're right; you got to be bold in order to win things in the NFL. I mean, Stephen Ross has been the owner for how long? I mean, he went one way, it didn't work out. And now he's trying to go a whole different direction, and I guess that's going to open up a whole can of worms, Jake. I mean, you hear the rumors. Kyler Murray. I mean, he's not happy with his. He didn't even get offered a contract by the Cardinals. I guess you know Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. Fans are going to be talking about. So again, I think you go into this year, man. You see what Tua can do with this new coaching staff. See what he can do with these weapons around him. And then you know, if you have to make a decision, go into next year and you decide to make that trade for a blockbuster quarterback. Expect to trade up for quarterback. That's how I would handle that. But I think this is Tua's year. And Jake, just to get ready to wrap up this podcast, we can talk about that. Lual wasn't too much, you know taken from that other than that all those all i lie there were some awesome videos taken from that it did raise $25,000 <laughs> $25, for both the big brothers and big sisters of miami and Broward counties the goat damn marina was there i put there was lots of cool shit on social media and Tua said, and i quote to be able to have our offense coordinator my quarterbacks coach our head coach here in support of this to me i i never witnessed that so we all have three of those guys here um so i, I don't know your thoughts on that man everyone was blowing that out of proportion i do have to say there was not a luau with tua in miami yet so um i don't think he really fault brian flores and the staff for that but yeah, it definitely sounded like this was support that he has yet to see in the nfl or maybe even anywhere to be completely honest and that is definitely a breath of fresh air what were your thoughts
2: dude seeing brian flores and tua trying to celebrate after a win it was like watching two middle schoolers trying to hug for the first time it was so uncomfortable it was so awkward and that doesn't mean it was bad you know we saw quotes come out saying that hey This was a tough relationship, but both of them would have worked with each other moving forward and there'd be no issues. And, I think this is what it's going kind to of, kind of boil down to. And it goes back to the Flores way versus the McDaniel way. I'm interested to see how everyone responds from being, you know, that buddy, buddy friends. I don't think Adam Gase had that way. Uh, McDaniel is definitely more likable. Um, but I, I don't think any of us can sit here and say that's going to translate to wins. This is great to see in the offseason. It's great to see them uh, raise so much money. And Ben, you mentioned all the, the cool shit on social media. I mean, we, we spoke about it, but Mike McDaniel, you know, hitting them drums. It just seems like a fun atmosphere, a fun personality to be around it. when you know there's no games to be played i think that's exactly what you want
0: yeah i mean again they're winning the offseason everything they're doing seems to be the right thing in the offseason but you're right jake i mean how is mike mcdaniel going to handle adversity you know when the dolphins start to lose a game or two when maybe two isn't playing as well as he should or you know maybe there's a you know an issue on the offensive line i need to adjust that is what we want to see how the coach is going to react to situations like that but dude to see you know Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddell, Coach McDaniel on the, you know, on the stage doing those things for two. I mean, you could just tell how much it meant to him in that quote. If you see the video, I mean, that is genuine. And again, it's just great that they were able to go out there, raise money for 650 bucks. So man, I would, I would probably definitely <laughs> try to get in there and definitely try to get some selfies with these, uh, players and coaches the way that you know you saw biggie and some of those other guys do but dude seemed like a great time definitely something i'd be interested in going to and uh, again damarino was there man uh, how awesome was that damarino i think even to seemed a little bit you know starstruck that damarino just kind of waltzed
2: in there but when you're the goat you can do whatever the hell you want ain't that the truth man and to i think a point we should bring up is man this is a very young football team and it's been that way for three years and maybe we're getting tired of it uh but this is mentioned a lot in the nba just the way players interact with each other has changed so much in the last 10 years and building these bonds. I think it is a lot different than it was 10, 15 years ago where you see all these younger guys showing up together and supporting each other. So man, I'm all for it. Hopefully this kind of builds up that idea of Miami is home and, you know, not to make it all a PR uh, pitch going forward, but you know, if these guys build together at Miami, grow together, the Jalen Phillips, the Wal- none of these guys are going to want to leave until their name or their numbers are up in the rafters. And again, this is off season talk, So it sounds great, but you know, that that's something too, where you kind of see that love for your community, that love for where you are instead of, Hey, I'm going to come here. I'm going to play. Obviously everybody donates, but just kind of building that uh, community together, I guess is the biggest takeaway here. When you see those younger players all, you know, supporting each other, no matter how hard, you know last season was or how poor how well someone else played
0: yeah maybe it's all just blown up because of social media but i don't know that i've you know you've really ever seen these same kind of bonds but again that might be just you know us not you know lingering on instagram as much or you know seeing something on twitter it could be all that is right. um another podcast i guess that Jalen waddle did was he was on the i am athlete with you know um chad ochocinco you know uh believe pacman jones is on there jamar chase omar kelly and Jalen waddle i don't know if you saw this jake i mean i was hoping to have some Thoughts on this, but I mean, overall, you just kind of saw Jalen Waddle seem pretty confident in what Tuatana Valoa could do, kind of, you know, scoffed at some of the questions he was asked. But um, I didn't know if you had anything specific to talk about because
2: I don't know that I really do. <laughs> I I honestly didn't hear too, too much about this. I didn't read too too much about it. So I'd, I'd love to get any takeaways you had. Was there any specific questions that you still remember? Uh, Because man, again, it's that off season PR. I don't think he's going to say too, too many negative things, but when you're in a room with a couple other wide receivers and an agitator, like Kelly, I'm sure you're going to say a couple things that are going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. Again, I, I, did not watch it as much as I probably should have. I think the thing that really stuck out to me was again when they said, you know, how are you guys gonna compete in a division with Josh Allen and some of these other guys? And I think uh Chad Ocho Cinco said, We got we got a bitch. And you just see Jalen Waddle <laughs> kind of start laughing. So I think that kind of summed up, you know, just how he feels. You know, I mean, Jalen Waddle's been playing with Tua for most of his career, right? I mean, he I guess he's comfortable in this situation. And to think that he's going to sit there and say anything otherwise about how the Dolphins' chances are in a division because of his quarterback, you know, his quarterback, that just seemed crazy to me. So, definitely in the podcast, everyone should go check out. As you can tell, I remember so much from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I honestly, again, three kids, I'm blaming them for all that. But, dude, uh, I guess. Before we wrap it up, I want to ask you something. I know we have down here what position the Dolphins should address at 102, but did you see, Jake, I think it just came out yesterday. Dolphins still have like $20 million in cap space. They're like top five or something right now. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, with the way these things are structured, they have allowed themselves that flexibility this season. But, dude, I, I, I was a little surprised when I saw that they were still in the top five. I was like, oh, shit. So, you know, some of these, you know, hypothetical trades that this fan
2: base are running with, I mean, don't seem that crazy. But, uh, again, salary cap ain't real it's one of those things, man, you do even wonder if they could maybe leverage some of that cap space for draft picks, you know, as you get closer to the draft teams do need that money to sign their, uh, draft picks. And those teams that are against the books, maybe the dolphins could swing a second or third round pick. And I- It's kind of been weird, man, looking at mock drafts. Usually I kind of like get an idea because mock draft season, everyone has a mock draft and whether you like them or don't, I've always been a fan of checking out what people think about the dolphins because you only get like two, three sentences. So they don't really have time to spin their wheel and really dig in. But I guess I've kind of missed that, but you have a couple of names here. Troy Anderson, James Cook, Alec Lindstrom, a center running back linebacker. Those are kind of the three needs that, and Josh, I'm looking forward to maybe next week. We'll get into those guys a little bit as we get close to the draft, but For a Friday morning pod, as we're about to hit 8 a.m., man, going to say we crushed it.
0: Oh, yeah, we definitely crushed it. (laughs) You threw out those three prospects prospects there, man. I mean, I I was sitting here lagging before when the Dolphins had, you know, a first-round pick, a second-round pick. Now, you know, we're already on a different tier, and I'm starting to look at some of these prospects. Don't have nearly as much time, but, dude, that Troy Anderson, that linebacker, he looks like a freaking alien. I mean played quarterback, played running back, you know, uh, can do a little bit of everything. That dude is an alien. I would love for him to somehow follow to the Dolphins. I had James Cook there because, again, Mostert on a one-year deal. I think Edmonds, you know, that could mm-hmm. be a one-year deal. And then center, dude, whatever the best center is, find one, have him compete with Michael Dieter. I think we can both agree those are those initial needs. Throw right tackle in there. But, dude, I do think we definitely crushed this. And, again, sorry for the long hiatus, but when you have three kids, Han Solo, I'm going to say Help Solo, it was, it was a little I tough. Like that.
2: So that is about it. That's all we got for you guys. Despite dealing with three kids, Josh is still churning all that content out on Twitter. You can follow him at houts h a u t z. I can be found at j mendel ninety four. And if you're liking what you're listening to, you. And you understand that hey, it's the off season, we're not on that consistent basis. Hit that subscribe button because that's how you'll know when a new show is coming. Um, if you're liking the show, share it with a friend. Help us grow this little community at, throughout the offseason. Um, and Josh, the the final thought I have is let's let's get that I am an athlete video of we got to a bitch. And, and we should post that with this podcast. And that should kind of be the calling card for this season. I know everyone's full blown to us, so so let's just ride it. He's gonna be the quarterback this year. Uh we got to a bitch. I like
0: that, man. And like Jake said, thank you guys so much for listening to the Jake and Josh show. You did plug your Twitter, right? I had to make sure yeah. you plugged yours because and it was the right one. You plugged the right one? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, follow me at Houts. Follow Jake Mendel, J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94 for the Finnsider Radio Podcast, part of SB Nation's The FinSider. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We will be back early next week. If not earlier, it'll be Tuesday for sure, guys. Please, thank you so much for listening. And as always, fins up. Finns up.